Welcome, Open Drama UK company. This is your half-hour call. We are proud to present another monthly podcast of high-quality CPD conversations, features, Q&A and discussions related to drama and theatre education, produced by people in the know. Put your headphones on, grab a cuppa and get ready. Hello and welcome to this month's half hour call from Open Drama. Um, we're really looking forward to kind of the second stage of our discussions with theatre people about theatre visits by having a nice afternoon chat with Michael McCabe, the executive producer of Wicked. Would you like to start off by doing the usual thing and tell me about kind of what got you into being involved in theatre in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, from earliest memories, uh, I was very, very lucky to have theatre folk in my family um, and so grew up very much on a kind of steady diet of pantomime, which is often people's very first introductions to live performance and then very much theatre going from, from there on. Um, and whilst we had um, we had theatre at school, we had productions and we put on shows. Um, drama classes for me were an extracurricular uh, opportunity and, and I jumped at the chance of doing them. And it, it, where I live now in Brighton, which is where I grew up and I've returned, there is a, there is a building which I point to frequently and say that a room in that building literally changed the course of my life and formed my career choice. And, and that was the room that the drama classes were initially held. And, and so, you know, I feel very lucky that, that drama became part of my youth and, and lucky to have parents that, that encouraged that and, and supported that. I think it's amazing that you can point to an actual location and go that's where it happened that's amazing I think that's astonishing so you it have a very, a very special room <laughs> <laughs> so you have you have a very grand title um executive producer so what exactly does that entail and, and how did you get to be one I mean I'm, I'm gathering from what you said you were kind of you started out as a performer in my youth um but by the time by i think probably about 17 i realized that uh an actor's life was probably not for me um having enjoyed doing everything i did and all sorts of drama exams and and all that sort of thing but i i sort of i wanted to know what else the industry had to offer um and and so i actually dived in, I moved to London when I was 18 and, and started work for a ticket agency um, in Old Bond Street. And that was my grounding in terms of, of a foot into the industry. But the great thing about that job is that you got to go to the theatre for free. So um, during that year I worked there, I think I went to over 300 shows. Um, 300? Just, 300. <laughs> Wow. I was just like a sponge for yes, I'll go to that. Um, and it and it was an incredible sort of grounding. And I and I actually then followed a path of um working in marketing and advertising before then later coming into sort of production. And um Wicked was a show that I knew one of the originating American producers 
So I, when I went to see it in New York, it was in previews and I was not going for any professional reason. I was going simply in support of him. Um, and I was absolutely blown away by the by the show and particularly the response to the show. Um, and uh, it, it really was quite euphoric. And um, it was only about six months later that the phone call came to say, you know, it had become a huge success on Broadway. They were thinking of bringing it to London. And basically, would I be the sort of the London representative um, in that the show is ultimately their show as the, as the group of, of American producers. But I'm here on the ground in the UK um, running running the show each day. So executive producer is sort of a it's a it's a funny job. Um, because it encompasses just about everything you can possibly imagine. But I always call it a custodian of, of, of the project. And, um, and we are all, all the people that work in London, whether resident directors or um, choreographers or whatever, we're, we're all ultimately a custodian of, of the work of another party. Um, and it's, it's been a, you know, it's been an incredible journey um but it's you know here we are after 17 years but um but it is an extraordinary it's an extraordinary opportunity and i i couldn't pass it up 17 years with the same show yes it is um you never know i mean it it remains obviously the the, the biggest question mark of all sort of live theater and you you don't know whether it's going to be something that catches on or or not um and Wicked sort of caught on very quickly. And interestingly, young people really were the drivers of that at the beginning. And the show had a fan base before we, we opened in London and the cast album was had been very successful in the UK. And um, but it, you know, you still have no idea how a British audience will respond to ultimately an American show. Um, we made lots of changes or some changes to the script to anglicise it, um, but otherwise it's an absolute carbon copy of the of the Broadway production. But, you know, sometimes culturally things get a little lost in the Atlantic, um, but seemingly everything about Wicked touched a nerve with, with the public. I think, and this is speaking as somebody who saw it, I think, within its first year I'm very old um one of the things that caught an audience's imagination was the fact that it's actually a show about female friendship in a way that very few musicals are they are you know there's a lot more out there now you yes. know there's a lot more shows that are about that that relationship but wiki was was one of the first and I think that that is one of the things that chimed yes that's fantastic it, it, tunes but <laughs> Yes. Well, it was, I think it, you know, I mean, I, I will say that even, even more broadly, it was a, it was a show about friendship. And, and so, so many musicals are, are about a love story, a him and her love story. Um, and, and the fact that a, it was this universal theme of, of, of friendship but also absolutely the fact it was it was a story about two women and and who you know two women who 
find each other in such unexpected ways, having obviously disliked each other intensely when they meet for completely superficial reasons, the, the deepness of the friendship that develops uh, was very meaningful um, and continues to be so. You know, it, oddly, it resonates more as we get older than it that it maybe even did at the beginning. It, it's sort of it's a very very potent part of of what Wicked is, but also this whole notion of being the outsider um, and you know whatever defines your difference. Um, Elphaba has become this very, very important, iconic character in terms of what it is to be an outsider, what it is to be different or perceived to be different. And they, they have been very potent parts of why people connected and particularly young people connected so strongly with the story. So as custodian of the uh, West End version of Wicked, how do you how, how do you view the coming of the film that they're oh, well, it's, it's very exciting i mean it's a it's been a long time coming um so it's and there's been so much speculation about it you know is it now is it tomorrow is it next year so we're you know we're all just thrilled that it's not just confirmed but now in production and you know the hope is very much that it it takes wicked to a much much wider audience um which cinema and 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 streaming services can do um and that in itself is exciting and and i think it's it's about the the title of the show having a you know wider awareness um but we certainly the american producers felt very much that the show need to kind of show needed to live and be allowed to live as 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 long as it could as a live show and then the film would be the sort of the bonus whilst the live show continues to run. Um, but it will be fascinating to see you know, how it's interpreted. And it's an extraordinary cast production team, um, you know, nothing to do with me. Um, I am just the live show. But <laughs> I think you know, it, it will be it will be great to see what they do. I think we we talked a little bit about why people should come and see Wicked. Why should teachers bring students to see Wicked? Good question. It, it is um, something that we've been very aware of from the outset, um, that the engagement, I mean, we didn't really know what we had um, in terms of, of the education environment until we actually had some teachers come um, to the show quite early on. And, and I did a sort of Q&A with them after the show and it, it was sort of that them that that really said to me you know you you this show ticks so many boxes in terms of citizenship and um and and all of all the things that they are needing and wanting to do it was a show that is about you know bullying intimidation and 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 intolerance and and all the things that sadly are are very very key issues within um daily all, all our daily lives and i think it was you know we recognized that there was a chance to do something a little bit differently i mean one of the interesting things they said to me was that we'd sent out a kind of marketing pack um when we first launched which was a sort of group sales piece 
and that went to teachers and they had received this and largely all said it was complete waste of time um you know and most of them chucked it in the bin um and it didn't address any of the issues that they would say were really important selling points anything that was important about the story um and from that moment we started this journey of reworking everything that we did and all the tools that we used to to market to schools um and yeah i will say it is you know marketing to schools is a is an interesting challenge in itself in that people are bombarded um all day every day and it's very hard to cut through that um and so direct engagement has been the most useful tool for us and and in the journey that we've gone on um which really came about because of the pandemic and it, it took uh, my entire industry to shut down um to have the time to really dive into what we are now doing so it became a sort of real passion project for me but that was how wicked active learning came about and the beginning of it was all built around um the this the time i had and and i was able to connect with some incredible teachers and particularly a head teacher um, who really helped us shape what we now do. But you know, all all teachers that engage sort of say the same thing, which is it is the themes of Wicked that really tick the boxes. Um, what we needed to do was try and offer assistance to undertake school trips to provide more kind of classroom-based resources. Um, and I think, you know, it's fair to say that the commercial theatre doesn't do as much as, as the subsidised theatres. And obviously we're, we're more than aware that our competition is largely Shakespeare's Globe, National, RSC. Um, they have whole departments um, who can um, deal with everything education related. Whereas for us, it's a, it's a piece of the very big and busy pie um, but it's become really important to me. And I think it's it is a sort of, you know, it is a passion project, but it is trying to address what more we need to do to help, um, as well as create free resources and all the rest of it. But and you know, ultimately it all comes back to the fact that the story at the heart of Wicked is is a story that that we feel from everything we've learned is very, very important to young people and, and helpful in the world of education. I think as well, there is a strength in Wicked with all of its issues to do with exclusion and diversity, being set in a, in a fantasy world. Um, it doesn't carry with it some of the challenges that teachers have to face about perhaps more overtly realistic um, pieces that parents might be questioning about. It's also quite friendly, much more friendly for younger teenagers, I suppose. You know, that there's there's nothing in it that's going to frighten the horses. And it's something that teachers have to be increasingly aware of. You know, yes. this take young people to see 
we have a responsibility yes no absolutely and it's it's um you know the wisdom of oz as its inspiration and its source material uh, in itself has been a really amazing journey in that the, the novel that Wicked is directly based on is very much an adult novel um, and, you know, dark and extraordinary. But but what ultimately that writer, Gregory Maguire, was doing was being inspired by The Wizard of Oz and, and The Wonderful Wizard of Oz as it was as it was first published. And, and his journey with this story is is meaningful because he was in London when he wrote the novel. He's he's an American writer and he was very much aware at the time there was all sorts of coverage about Saddam Hussein and um, way back in the 90s. And and he was intrigued by the idea of what it is that makes someone apparently wicked um, and what if you are actually being persuaded that someone is wicked and actually um, that isn't true um, and and he he sort of fell on the the, the wicked witch of the west um, at the time that there had been a various um, I think it was Empire Film Magazine had done the greatest movie villains of all time and the wicked witch of the west was um, I think fourth uh, behind sort of Hannibal Lecter and Darth Vader and various other terrifying people. She was the only woman in the top 10. Um, so ultimately the, you know, the most wicked woman in, in fiction. Um, and it just sent him off on this path of re-watching The Wizard of Oz, rereading the, the wonderful Wizard of Oz and asking, you know, what if she was not wicked? And and I think that that in itself is a theme, particularly in our world of fake news and propaganda, that there is this issue of what what are you reading, what are you seeing, what are you being told that um, may not actually be true, and and the need to question. Um, and I think that Elphaba um, has become that character in, in that it's. It is this need to understand that just because someone either looks different or is different, sounds different, it doesn't necessarily mean um, that that they are bad. Um, it, 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 it was just easy to condemn her um, because she was different and she scared people and um, people were always um, unsure of her as she grew up. But the, the Wizard of Oz is... is we were very surprised. Um, whilst I've grown up on The Wizard of Oz, we didn't know how much people engage with it in the UK versus America, where it's absolutely part of the sort of the DNA of, of, of so many Americans. But it, it became this extraordinary outpouring of, of affection for The Wizard of Oz as a story. And, and the, that original story is still something that certainly teachers are in, very engaged with. It's been so influential as a story and it's influenced so many other children's writers. But um, but I think what Gregory Maguire did was just basically explode that that story and just turn everything on its head. And, and that that in itself has become such a point of engagement for people.
You've made reference a couple of times to Wicked Active Learning. Can you tell me what that is? It is, um, it is my baby. Uh, I call it my legacy project. Um, but it was, um, as I said earlier, it, you know, we were aware that commercial shows weren't really doing enough. I mean, to some extent, a, a show may only be offering you know, discounts, ticket discounts for schools, but very little else. Um, we were also aware that school trips were in decline engagement with drama and music was in decline um, and it was a okay well we we are lucky to have a very very successful show um, which is showing no signs of slowing down and this is an, amongst a number of other things we're doing it's about future proofing the show um, and it's an area that it was like okay we need to develop a, a portal, a, a resource um, that that is absolutely going to be of use to teachers. So Wicked Active Learning is an online um, an online resource. It umbrellas both classroom-based learning and learning outside the classroom. So it is a combination of this is everything you need to make a school trip. Um, we have a free school trip guide. It's about 20 pages, plus there's a video that shows you exactly where the theatre is um, in connection to public transport and how coaches can drop you right outside the theatre um, and all the kind of really basic stuff. But also then the discounted tickets, um, we offer both sort of what we call standard um, groups, but also year, year groups. Um, so additional savings for 100 plus. Um, and I would say, you know, broadly, because so much of the input has been from teachers and educators that we've just tried to address every every question that was thrown at us. And the head teacher that I talked to a lot, I was very lucky through a, a personal connection to be introduced. And he was previously a drama teacher who is now a head teacher. So drama is still very much who he is, but he's now the decision maker about signing off um, a trip to the theatre. And, and you know, he talked a lot to me about what we should be offering, also gave me a broader understanding of, of, of the need to push um, cultural capital and, um, and all, all the kind of the Ofsted stuff um, but also just trying to collectively put together as much relevant information about the show as we could. So it's been sort of honed and continues to develop um, whilst we engage more and more. And we're, we're about to do some more research and try and engage with new teachers. All of the lesson pan, uh, plans and packs are all written by teachers um, so we we commissioned various different people to to create materials for us so everything is sort of born out of of education but it was trying to find this kind of one-stop shop where we can book tickets workshops q and a's um, as well as showcase everything possible in terms of supporting materials and resources so 
it's it's a you know we think a great a great resource um and it's proved to be very popular very quickly um so the, the word seems to be getting around that it's there but it just you know it felt like something that was long overdue but because of who we all are i mean you know i exist in a in a theater building of people who for whom drama was ultimately the reason that they're doing what they're doing um and and music that we're very aware of of the challenges um and and the fact that there is less value being placed certainly by government on those kind of cultural subjects and cultured education and so this is as much about doing our bit and saying what we can and doing what we can to to try and readdress that i mean we are one show um we can't change the world but we do recognize that wicked is a is a is a brand famous show and therefore that gives us a place to to speak from but it ultimately in all of what we're doing it comes back to this does seem to be a story and a, and a musical that that children of all ages really relate to um and therefore that must be the driver for what we're doing which is if one person comes through the door that we inspire to either become a theater goer or inspire to look slightly differently at things in life we've done our we've done our job and and this story is you know is doing that a lot so so yes wicked active learning in a nutshell is is a sort of is a one stop uh, resource we have a team of people that book tickets um so you're you're speaking directly to the show um and and they can fulfill whatever the needs are so i think it's some um, you know that every week we're making updates so it is it is still very much a, a a living thing and we've got a lot more resource still to come from september so it's it's been great you know it's it's just and it's fascinating it's fascinating to learn more about education and the challenges of of education which more than anything seems to be just make it easy just make it as straightforward and easy as possible to you know book a book a trip or engage with the show um so it's us trying to provide as much ready-made classroom resources and lesson plans as we can why do you think and this may be a question you don't know the answer to that other commercial setups in the theatre don't go to this level of involvement with education in this way I mean you've outlined why the subsidised theatre does they are provided with the wherewithal so to do you know the education department at the National Theatre is 42 people strong um why 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 does why do you think that the commercial theatre doesn't engage in quite the same way it it is often just it is resource um it's um we're 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 normally relatively small groups of people um and you're spread very thin um but i think there's certainly on on the big scale 
uh, organizations like Disney obviously do a lot of education. They, they can draw on um, a lot of resource. If you're a small independent producer, um, it, you know, every day is a challenge um, and it's it's hard to make the time. And I think, you know, from my own point of view, I would say I've learned more about education in the last two years um, than even when I was in it. You know, it was um, <laughs> it, it, it has been such a deep dive. And as I said, it's that was only possible because my job literally stopped um, when when the theatres were all shut. And it, it gave me time. It gave me time to research. And the more I dived in, the more fascinating it became. But, you know, particularly because of this decline in engagement with cultural education. And, you know, we are all passionate believers that it's crucial, not just because people might want to come into our industry, but because they are tools that can help you in every imaginable aspect of life and employment. And, you know, whenever I'm talking to kids and stuff about what we do, you know, I, I always say it doesn't matter if you have no interest to be a performer or a, a, a crew member or a wig dresser or whatever, even if you're working for an insurance company, you will have to stand up in front of colleagues or clients or customers and do presentations. And, and these are the tools that drama can provide. And it's that confidence thing and teamwork and all the things that we rely on. You know, operating a production is so much about teamwork and everyone playing their crucial role and you know these are all skills that people learnt um, through education and particularly through drama education and so it was a we need to do more we as an industry need to do more um, to support music and drama education and and that's that's a real driver um, and it's you know I now just make time um, to, to continue doing what I'm doing. But, you know, I appreciate that many don't have the time, but it's only when you can engage directly with teachers that you can get a true understanding of, of what the challenges are. So, you know, I was in a position to say, look, I know we don't do this well, so tell us how we can do it better. Um, but, you know, th that said, the, the, the resources on a much wider scope. I mean, there's there's a lot about self-esteem and anti-bullying and all, all the things that, again, teachers were saying, you know, well-being is a huge topic, you know, particularly since COVID. So we created um, a well-being workshop and, um, and an anti-bullying workshop, as well as the sort of the musical theatre workshop, which is you know, much more for people interested in performance, but it, it's it's trying to use Wicked to address the the, the big subjects that, that everyone's grappling with. I think one of the things that is probably one of the strengths of what you're doing, though, is the fact that you started that explanation by saying we knew we weren't getting it right. 
and I think that's that's one of the issues that perhaps commercial theatre doesn't necessarily perhaps want to acknowledge that they, that there are there are more things they could do to to support and they're not getting it right right now um one of the other things you mentioned was for example that if you're booking wicked you're going to speak to somebody directly connected with the show but of course for a lot of um west end theaters particularly what you do is you ring a you ring a group line and they you speak to somebody generic on the other end um who is basically just to sell you tickets and that's not you know that's not unkind or uh, unreasonable it is just the way that things are and that's if you need to ask questions as a teacher organizing a trip that's quite difficult was there anything in particular that surprised you when you started doing your deep dive into education that you 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 oh, were I, astonished you discovered i think it was um uh, certainly uh how hard it is um was quite a shock um and you know one's more than aware of what's in the public domain and and the sort of the very public challenges of of education in this moment but i think it was um it was basically the understanding of you know we did some focus groups even before the pandemic where we were there to talk about wicked education and we started i mean we were behind the obligatory sort of two-way mirror but we started by asking them about what affects the daily life of of them in their school and in their classrooms and and there were a lot of conversations about drugs about um influence and radicalization and and it it was a real eye opener for us because it was like okay so going to the theater on a school trip is not very high on the on the list of priorities um but when we got into the conversations, all of them talked about the importance of getting out of school um, and, and that kind of enrichment education, but how hard it is to get that trip planned, signed off, parental guardian approval. And, and that was really the big like, oh, gosh, it's not even like, let's let's do this trip. Um, there's so many hurdles to cross so much paperwork and and it was kind of like oh well bombarding is definitely not going to work um trying to cut through the kind of tsunami of everything else that's coming at teachers very very hard indeed and that ultimately you know teachers understandably don't really want to be marketed to um and and they organically find their way to you know particularly school trips and to your earlier point about dealing with people from the show you know we're we're sort of learning so much from every phone call or every email because it's it's so not just can i have 19 tickets for the 24th of september there are so many questions there are so many things that we can help with and shape and but they're not necessarily things you can just write down and say this is our our school's offering. Um, it is a it is a dialogue, um, and that's been incredibly valuable to to be able to provide that service. What's the one thing 
so far, I mean, maybe you will achieve it, that you haven't been able to, to get to grips with, with your process of active learning? Yeah, it's like, I wish there was a, I wish there was a sort of, you know, silver bullet to how to communicate with, with the teaching profession. And, you know, we, we on the other side are, are bombarded with all sorts of teaching education marketing opportunities but it's very hard to know what what works and what doesn't there's you know you can go for eyeballs and go for the sort of the union publications and whatever but but they're so not about cultural education um they're about practical things so you always feel like you sit slightly oddly and then there's all the very specialized things which there are so many of and it's like who out there has got, you know, as a say, as a drama teacher, who can read all of these different magazines or or or, or embrace all these emails or direct mail? It's it's an industry that it's very hard to promote to, um, and we are still looking for that silver bullet. Um, at the moment, it's it's word of mouth and and some of the other things that we we are trying we're sort of finding our way so all advice greatly gratefully received <laughs> okay folks you've given given the gauntlet has been thrown down start passing us your messages now um yeah. no i don't think there is a silver bullet i think it it's um it, it's not that easy to communicate with um a teaching profession that it that deals with so many different things i mean we're dealing with a massive range of different age groups you're dealing with people who are subject specialists not subject specialists people who are looking for different things um and i think sometimes there is a a, a desire amongst us to try and find that one perfect thing um that is going to do, do the job of several hundred things what we also are trying to do and it's only possible because of the success of of the show generally but it is you know the kids that you most want to be in our theater are are the ones that have got the least opportunity to engage in culture and and so the pricing um has been really important really crucial to to this journey we do also work with with charities um, that bring in kids that that you know, we wouldn't be there at all if we weren't working with a charity. But I think you know it is it is legacy. It is about access. It is providing access to culture as as widely as we can. We are we are also very privileged that the theatre is huge. So you know two thousand plus seats um, a, a show. So we do have that flexibility um, to to use inventory to for good and for good purposes. And and so, you know, education, which is, you know, obviously for us the lowest yield, but the most important. It's it's very hard, but, you know, we we feel like this is the least we should be doing um, and, and we're determined to sort of do more. So I'm hoping and and anticipating 
that lots of people are now going to use your resource and you're going to find the theatre full of happy children enjoying their cultural experience. Thank you. That would be amazing. And, and you know, I was also going to say that, uh, you know, whilst I know I've made the point that it's still a, a development process, we're so keen, particularly from drama teachers, to have input. And so, you know, if there is anything that once you're in Wicked Active Learning, there is a there is a contact button and if there is any feedback um, or if there are other ideas or uh, we will absolutely embrace any of that we want drama to to exist you know as a real cornerstone to what we're doing and and interestingly music has ticked a lot of boxes very quickly because it's part of the Pearson and Excel you know, GCSE music and it's part of um, uh, other exam board so it, it gives you that absolute cornerstone whereas drama is a bit more organic um, we're not on the syllabus you know we're not um, a set work so it but it is about the engagement with the you know the the live show and and the design the the all the elements of it so it's just any feedback is incredibly useful well, on that note, as I said earlier, throwing down the gauntlet to drama teachers, come up with those questions and support what's going on here, because I think it's an excellent idea. And I'd like to think that perhaps, Michael, your passion project is going to become a model for other um, commercial enterprises to follow yeah. suit. And thank you very much for your time. And uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll look forward to seeing even more as it develops. If you've enjoyed this month's episode as much as we hope you would, and you're in a position to do so, please support our podcast via Buy Me A Coffee. Go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash half hour call to donate.